Welcome to episode 29 of You're a Financial Planner, Now What? I'm your host, Hannah Moore, certified financial planner and owner of Guiding Wealth Management. Last week, I mentioned the FPA DFW Career Day, and the deadline to have your resume submitted is this week, December 16th. It's a great event and a great way to get your resume in front of firms who are looking to hire talent right away. You can find more information at fpadfw.org. Today, we're talking with Deborah Fox. Deborah is a financial planner and has her own firm. She also runs a Fox College Funding, and what I want to talk about today is a Fox Financial Planning Network, which focuses on processes and workflows for financial planning firms. As someone who is not naturally process-driven, but realizes the importance of processes to run a successful business and to really give clients the best experience possible, I've really come to appreciate Deborah's approach and think you will too. So let's jump right in. Thanks so much for joining us, Deborah. My pleasure, Hannah. I was very excited to get this invitation. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you on here because I feel like you have such a great perspective. So before we jump in too deep on this, can you just give us an introduction to who you are, kind of how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, I started in the business about 30 years ago. So I was in my mid-20s and I had studied aquatic biology, marine biology in college and realized that I had majored in something that really interested me. I was very interested in the topic, but what no one talked to me about, and I now make a point to try to talk to uh, high school students and college students about this, but no one had talked to me about finding work that you know, you really enjoy and that would be appropriate for the day-to-day things that you would like to do. And so in my case, I went to work on, on a fish farm, at least at the, the part of the fish farm where the young fingerlings and the, the younger fish would be raised and then they'd be shipped out to the ponds and I loved the science, but the day-to-day work was not appropriate for me. I was alone working with these fish, and I would throw Perina fish chow in the tank, and they would splash. And one day I looked up at the sky and said, what am I doing? I'm a people person. <laughs> the fish aren't very good company. <laughs> and it was an aha moment for me that I needed to find something that I you know, felt that I, that I really was interested in, but that... I would enjoy doing on a, on a day-to-day basis. And at the time, a friend of my husband said, why don't you look at getting into financial services, maybe financial planning, because you could use your math skills and uh, do, you know, consulting skills and that type of thing. And so I did, I, I looked into it and, and I thought it sounded interesting. And I, back then I started basically on a commission basis, I was selling mutual funds and and term life insurance and a couple other things. And then I, uh, this was way before the fee only movement came about. Uh, but later on, I realized that I would like to move more on it to a fee basis. So I switched to uh, AUM model. And so then I was doing AUM with some uh, doing the insurance implementation. And then I switched to AUM with retainers fees, a combination. 
And then we just recently switched to flat retainer fees um, altogether. So it's been a whole progression. And our firm is Essential Planners, and we do provide holistic financial planning. We created our own process many years ago. Uh, we were one of the first to actually do integrated planning. In fact, we called it integrated planning at that point. I, and I don't remember seeing anyone else that that called it that back then. And so we believe in all areas of finances being looked at together so that clients get the, the, the most ideal outcome. And it has been just the most incredible profession, I think, to be part of. And then on the other side, I wear a hat as a consultant in the industry, too. We have Fox Financial Planning Network uh, that helps advisors and firms in general uh, get systems in place and really think through their service model and working as efficiently as possible and being able to create in an organized way a, a exceptional client service and doing it efficiently using technology, leveraging technology and and uh, having a great work-life balance. That's really important too. Kind of go back to your story sure. just really quick. You started 30 years ago in mm-hmm. the in the profession and you kind of walked through the different business models that you've been a part of. So a lot of the people listening to this podcast are younger planners who are just starting out or kind of figuring out where they want to start. What are the big differences from now versus 30 years ago? The big differences are that you can design a firm that resonates with you in many different ways, and there's no one way to do it. There are so many combinations of how you can set up a successful firm. It's just so exciting. And I believe that the main reason that that's happened is is the technology that has become available to all of us. And so there are there's nothing wrong starting in business earning some commissions as long as it's done ethically. And so I think I have a little bit of a gripe about that where um, it, there's there's a part of our community that, believes that if you earn a commission in any way that that you're not a good advisor, you can't do the right thing for the client. And I disagree with that. I mean, I went fee only because it's just an easier conversation to have with clients. I, I do like the fee only um, aspect, but because it's so simple to explain, but really my favorite model was fees uh, with the implementation of, especially of the insurance and getting a commission that I could lower the fee that I was charging the client, that I would always do the right thing for them on the commission side, but I could actually lower their fee based on the commission that was generated, which you can't, you can't do that on a fee only model. So I think it's the person that needs to figure out how can they operate in the most ethical manner for themselves and yet still succeed that there, there's a lot of infighting as to how one should charge in the business. And I think, especially for a young advisor, you do what enables you to learn what you need to do just so that you're competent, that you can feed yourself, and you can do it, do the right thing for your clients. 
So it's really interesting because you, you talked about these different business models that you've been in, but your clients have gone through this with you too. So what's kind of been the feedback that you've heard from your clients about the various fee models? Well, of course, when you make a business decision to change something that you're doing, you hope that someone does that for the right reasons and for reasons that they really believe in. So as we have changed the model over the years, we had a reason for doing that and how we wanted to serve our clients. And so we always thought about what message do we want to give them to, to communicate to them so that they understand why we're making the change. And honestly, if, uh, if your clients trust you and have confidence in you and are happy with the service that they're receiving, they really don't care how they're paying you uh, as long as it's in line, you know, as long as it's reasonable. They just want to know that you're, that you've got their back, that you're providing the best advice that you can. And I feel that that's why we were able to change models over the years. I mean, some of our clients have been with me since almost the very beginning, and they've been through those discussions three times or whatever it's been, three or four times. So it really is all about the relationship with the client. When did you start doing financial planning? Have you has that always been a part of your practice? It it always has, but it's but the financial planning that I was doing early on was very basic compared to what we do now. Um, for I think a couple of reasons. One, I didn't have the competency built then, and number two, financial planning uh, really comprehensive or holistic planning wasn't very prevalent back then. There were some people doing it, but but it, it you didn't hear that, that much about it back then. And so as I became more knowledgeable and as the industry evolved, uh, my services also evolved and became more robust and create or and generated a higher value of you know, better results to, to my clients. I believe in planning because I believe that there needs to be conversations before recommendations need to be made. And, and that's what planning is all about. It's having discussions and really getting to know someone, either an individual or a couple, or even sometimes a whole family of uh, what their needs are and what their belief system is and what their dreams and goals are and coming up with with ideas of how they can potentially get there. And uh, I, that's another thing that's very important to me to pr provide options. There's never one way to do something. And so I think it is our responsibility, no matter what our service model is, to provide options and let clients choose what resonates with them. And so with your clients now, do they all do financial planning? Do all of our clients? Yeah. Uh, we have a couple tiers of service, and but the majority of them are financial planning clients. And then we have some that will work on a more limited basis on a project basis. For, uh, In other words, they're, they really are not appropriate for our ongoing tier one service. And so we offer them a, a lower level of service. And... That's where children and grandchildren, in fact, of our clients also fall, either project work or where we're 
doing primarily some investment management for them. So providing that second generation of support for your clients or third generation, I guess. Uh, It could be second or third generation. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the Fox Financial Planning Network because I'm a huge advocate for it. Can you just give us a brief introduction to like what it is? We started right after the financial crisis hit. This was nothing that I dreamed up and thought would be a great thing to offer. Early in my career when when we were really putting together a planning process, a financial planning process, uh, we came up with all these great ideas and started doing all these great things, but we didn't have systems in place. And we found that we we all of a sudden were becoming a train wreck trying to keep track of all the moving parts. And I had read the E-Myth book by Michael Gerber, the original version, and that resonated so much with me about how important it is to get systems in place and really think through your service model and document it and follow the systems so that you can stay organized, so that you can work profitably, and so that you deliver a much higher quality service to, to your clients. And so he talked about building processes, and I really just didn't know where to start. So I was trying to find someone, some firm, someone that I knew or that they knew that had, had documented their, pro- their processes, and I could not find anyone. And I couldn't find even anyone that could teach me what a workflow <laughs> is. And so I went outside the industry to see how other industries had addressed this issue of systematizing a business. And so we started building processes at that point and had to trash the first two versions because they didn't work. They just didn't flow smoothly and they were more of a pain in the neck to use than to help us work more efficiently. And finally, the third time was the charm. We found a structure that in a process that worked and we spent two and a half years between the three versions of finally getting you know our processes uh, documented and so when the financial crisis hit uh, I had a couple other advisors that that knew me I've been consult I've been coaching financial advisors for many years because I love helping other people succeed and so these had these were people that knew me from that side of things and said, you know, we're just cratering here with with everything that's going on, having to hold all of our clients' hands as this financial crisis is unfolding. Could you share your workflows with us? I'm obviously shortening the conversation here, but uh, I I thought about that. I thought, well, I don't see how this could help you because this is how we do things. We documented how everything, how we did things, and and I'm sure you do them differently. And at that point, I just got this idea. I said, "What? how great it would be if we could figure out a way to get templates in place so that firms wouldn't have to start from scratch because it took us hundreds of hours of time. And if we could genericize what we've done, I don't know if that's a real word, genericize, but if we could make ours generic and then people could just tweak them for how they do things. And that was the beginning of Fox Financial Planning Network. It's the, our workflow system 
was created over about uh, six months when we took again took all of our te- our templates and and made them more generic. And then I realized, well, we can't just give them workflows because if they start documenting their own processes and they're not efficient to begin with and they haven't really thought through their service model and who they're serving and how they're wanting to deliver their services ideally, that's not going to help them in in the best way possible. And so I said, we need to build a practice management piece around that. Well, I don't want to be a full-time consultant, so how can I do this? So we, I came up with the idea of uh, using a technology platform to deliver the content, and I spent um, many, many hours uh, recording vid- video modules to walk a firm through over a six-month period of time of not only how to get uh, workflows in place, but also how to really idealize how they're, they're doing everything, all the different components of their business, which is uh, the systems and operations, of course, technology, and the practice management, how they're actually serving clients, and then human capital is in there also. Who are the people that are in the firm serving clients, whether it I would used to be a solo advisor, whether it's just you or whether it, there's more. But all of those areas, those are the four main components of the business. They all need to be integrated when you make a technology decision, you need to consider, well, who's going to be using it and what is it meant to do? How will it enhance what we're delivering from a practice management standpoint? And does it help us work more efficiently? So I found that most firms aren't really considering those uh, types of issues. And so it, it just built from there. And it's really all about working efficiently, delivering that exceptional service to clients, and finding that work-life balance. And that's what technology is allowing us to do now. I feel like I need to come up with, tell you my little story here, not my <laughs> little story, but kind of how my story intersects with your, with your uh, the Fox Financial Planning Network. And I, I don't think I've told this on the podcast before, but I do tell people this. I got married and then 10 weeks later bought a business, bought a practice that had anywhere from two to 300 clients on it. So it was, like you said, a lot of pieces moving. Since we got married 10 weeks earlier and we had priorities, we had about $500 to our name. I bought this practice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And most of the practice, a lot of, there was financial planning involved, but it was never in a structured, formalized way. And there was so much, it was just investment management. I ended up putting your program on a credit card because I realized how important that was. I was like, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to run a business well, I have to have a structure in order to run it. Otherwise I'm not like, I just felt like I was just there. I felt like I was just doing all these activities, not knowing if it was part of a bigger process. And so I started implementing your processes right away. And what was great about it is, you know, you talk about workflows and I still don't know if they're ever fully implemented on my end, but the workflows and the checklist and everything else, what it did was it made me know, it gave me that confidence to run a practice that I don't think I would have had otherwise. And I think that's what's so great about your program is that you can say, I can run a practice because I'm taking somebody else's templates and I've made them my own and all of that, but you know, you have your bases covered. And I think that's such an incredibly valuable tool for young planners or from planners who are established, but kind of want to go more into the financial planning world. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for you guys. 
Well, I, I so appreciate you saying that, and, and uh, you've made my day, for, for sure, with that compliment. And, and you, you have done such a great job um, positioning yourself for success. And if we had a, a hand in that, then, you know, that's, that's even better. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, okay, one more pitch, and then I'm going to have some more questions for you on it. But one of the other things that I appreciate so much, and I still go back to them, is you have scripts. So you have scripts for when a new client walks in your door for the first meeting. Mm-hmm. And so it just really took the nerves, I guess, that I would have had as a new planner, or I shouldn't say new, as a young planner, as a 26-year-old business owner. And I was just like, I just have to follow the script. And there's just such a confidence that you can gain with that. So huge advocate for your program. Kind of shifting over to asking you more questions about this so people can get a better idea. One of the things that you do, one of the scripts that you have is about converting investment clients to financial planning client. When I go out and I'm just having my conversations with advisors, one of the things I hear regularly is, well, we kind of do financial planning. There's like this gray area of where like we do investment management, but there's kind of financial planning. What is your perspective or your advice to that firm? Well, I think this is an area that you cannot just either tiptoe in or just straddle and say, okay, we're going to do the investment management and we're going to do a little bit of financial planning. Uh, You've got to make a commitment to deliver a quality service. And so it really starts with having a plan. What do you want? to deliver to clients that will enhance what you're already doing. An investment management program or offering is part of a financial plan, of course. So it's easy to explain to clients how decisions that they make in investment man- uh, on investment management issues should also consider what they're doing in the other areas of their financial life. Because there's times where one decision made in a silo will actually sabotage another area of planning. And so financial planning is incredibly satisfying when you have those aha moments. You create those aha moments with your clients and You can't have as much of that when you're just doing investment management, but you have to have a plan of how you want to deliver your service. You have to create a budget for yourself. You need a service model that really resonates with, that will resonate not only with you, but of course with, with your clients or maybe you're not really happy with a lot of the types of clients that you have. Uh, Maybe you're trying to attract another demographic. Well, then you can build your service to resonate with that particular demographic. And I didn't talk about this either, but we have a niche in our planning firm also. So we do holistic planning, but we also have a very a specialty niche, which is late stage college planning. We actually ended up having to spin off a separate company just so we could do project work in that area. But we originally uh, became experts in the niche to add value to our financial planning clients for parents that had a college-bound high school student. We helped them reduce their college expenses by tens of thousands of dollars through our process. And that ended up being the best marketing strategy that we ever had. So, and still do, we get at least two to three inquiries a week without doing any marketing. 
um, from within our firm. We have marketing that's done for us by being uh, interviewed by media and whatnot, but for, we get referrals from clients and just having established ourselves as an expert in, in, the, in the firm. So having systems in place and having something that uh, a service offering that will resonate with the type of people that you want to attract to your business. And for young planners, as an example, college planning is a great niche because you ha can have immediate credibility with older people because you understand the college system. You've come out of it more recently. So they have no problem listening to a younger person. Just a little plug for college planning because it's been so wonderful for us and we started doing it you know, early on. I think that's such a great piece of advice, especially in that, that niching down to help mm -hmm. your marketing. And I think it's really, because we're seeing some great examples of that throughout the profession right now. I think so too. With having a financial planning practice, you're, so what I'm hearing you say is that you can do investments, but you really have to make the commitment to do financial planning to really be a financial planning firm. I think so. I think it's a mindset and I think it is, it takes a, a, an advisor to make that commitment to do whatever it takes to help that client succeed in whatever area of their life you can help them with, financial life typically. Um, but life planning is also something fun to get into, which, which we definitely do in our firm also, um, as well as the financial side. Um, and it's just, sometimes it's just being there to have it, to lend an ear to, to someone that, that needs to make a decision. I, I remember a client of ours, the husband and wife, and the husband was going through a career change, sold his business and needed to figure out the next new thing. He was really having difficulty and he really couldn't talk to his wife about it. He didn't want to stress her out. So I brought him in individually and just asked him questions. Just sat there and listened and asked him questions and he figured it out. I mean, that's just so incredible. And he's forever grateful for that. I mean, I didn't do anything special except sit in a room with him alone and ask him questions of what's important to him. So there's so many ways to deliver financial planning and everyone needs to figure out what way is right for them. You might want to deliver planning in only a few areas to start with and then add on from there. You may want to do more of a life planning approach where you're, you're bringing not just the financial side, but helping them actually plan a happy life where, at whatever stage they're, they're at. Or maybe you do just start off with investment management just to get wrap your arms around that first and add on from there. That it, it, You don't have to do everything right at once at the very beginning. You can put a three-year plan together, three to five-year plan of how, how am I going to start and where do I want to end up later on. There's no one way ever to do anything. So can you talk for a minute about what is a workflow? Um, I feel like that's one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot where I know, especially when I started, I had, I just had no idea what it meant. Sure. A, a workflow is 
in, in essence, it's a checklist of the steps for a task. Now, I define a workflow as the high-level view of a step. So, as an example, if you need to collect client data, the workflow step would be collect client data, but then there would be a sub-step, which would be the procedure for the workflow, which would show or have the resources of, of how you do that. The, the actual procedure of how you do that, the step-by-step -step of how do you collect the client data. Well, there's a, there's a checklist of documents and information that goes out to the client that they need to put that information together. And then how do they, uh, how do they deliver that information? I mean, for us, we have shared folders in box.com and they just drag their documents into box.com or any information we need. So the, the, the workflow is these high-level steps. So it might be collecting client data and then setting up the first planning meeting. Well, how do you set up the first planning meeting? The procedure would be a script maybe. Then who does it? Each workflow step is assigned to a particular person or a team and so they get the notice that either through CRM or sometimes it's manually if a CRM a firm isn't using a CRM with a workflow engine. But ideally, you want workflows in, a, in the, the CRM, which should be the, the hub of the financial advisory firm. That's where anyone at any time can see everything that's going on in the firm and who's doing what. And so that workflow... It, there can be a workflow for onboarding a client, getting a client started, or for a particular planning area. And each step of that workflow, there could be multiple steps, of course, there usually is, will have supporting documents and procedures on, on the details of how to do that, how to complete that one workflow step. Why is that important? Because each task that needs to be completed in a firm needs to be documented so that it is there's a standardized way that things are done and that everybody it, it, if there's multiple people in the firm that each person knows what their responsibilities are and where everything can be tracked and if someone is sick or on vacation or even leaves the firm someone can else can come in and pick up right where that person left off because everything is documented. So a good workflow system is one that if someone did leave the firm or someone is, can't, is on vacation, that there could be someone else that steps in, could read the workflow and the associated procedure, and could complete that step with little to no assistance. Now think how valuable that can be when things are that organized. And think about profitability, how, how efficient a firm can run when things are well thought out and idealized according to who needs to do what. Well, then you aren't having to think about it every day. Like, what am I supposed to be doing every single day? It's just there. Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, and I think it's a great thing to add that it touches a lot of young advisors who are working at a day job right now that might not be quite so happy in that job. But this is a great stuff that you can be working on to prepare for you as you launch into something that you really want to do. Exactly. Can you take me through briefly, what does your financial planning process look like? Uh, So our financial planning process is delivered the the first year when we work with a client, we set up meetings for uh, six, six to seven months. We will meet, we'll have six or seven meetings the first year. And a lot of advisors think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of meetings. Well, it, it has been one of the best decisions that we made. Yes, it does require more of an expenditure of time that first year, but how it builds a relationship with between the advisory firm and the client in those in that first 6 months especially is it, it's so completely worth it. It there's nothing like it. And it allows us to truly assist this client, each client in each area of finances that is pertinent to them. And the reason that I say that is because we have three components for each planning area. Uh, One is education. We want to educate the client about that area so that they can be part of the decision making. That doesn't mean they have to learn everything there is about that particular area, but they need to know enough to help make the decision because co-creating the plan is the most powerful thing to do. Collaboration. Because I'm, I'm sure I do not need to remind listeners, but when you have someone part of the process, part of that decision making, they've now bought into that. They're part of it. It's not the, the way that advisors used to work with clients is clients would come in to the office, bring all their documents. There would be some discussion as to what they're trying to accomplish and all of that. The client's sent away. The advisor then goes back to their office over a period of time and writes the plan. And once the plan is written and all the recommendations, they bring the client back into the office and that plan is presented with a checklist of items to go through. Well, I used to do it that way too because that's how I was taught. However, I found that when there's a checklist of 42 items for the client to implement, what do you think happens? Their eyes completely glaze over. <laughs> and so at best, we'd get half a dozen or you know, we wouldn't get very good implementation. Now, maybe we didn't have 42 items, but there would be a lot of items if, if you're doing planning in multiple areas. And that was very d- dissatisfying to me, very frustrating. I've, if we're going to do this good work or great work, We want to see the benefits. We want to see that the client benefits from our advice. And that's when I came up with the idea of planning in bite-sized pieces and integrating all of those areas. So we deliver one or maybe two areas of planning in each meeting, and it's typically every four to six weeks. And we're able to do the education. We have time to educate them. We have time to have a discussion And then we have time to go through options. We always present options. We never say, okay, so here's what you need to do. We give them two or three, usually three different options, all of which work, and let them decide. And they're able to decide because we've 
had that time to educate them. And we do that for every area of planning, pretty much the, the investment planning, the retirement planning, which we call financial independence planning, uh, insurance, estate planning, social security, Medicare, if applicable, um, 401k, you know, their company retirement plan, which is part of retirement planning too. Uh, could be some business planning for business owners. And so it is so fun because you get towards the end of that first process, that first six months, six, seven months, eight month process. Um, you have such a deep relationship with the client. Uh, and if you've chosen your clients well, you, they they become friends. It, I mean, I feel like I spend time with, with my friends <laughs> now. Some of these clients have been, clients, like I said, for over 20 years. And we go out to dinner, we go to the movies, we know each other's kids. It's so satisfying. And I can say that having gone through your program and having brought some clients through and not others back when I started, it's a significant difference in the relationship between the two. It, it is. So you just walked through all of the meetings that you have with a client for the first year. And from a firm owner's perspective, I mean, that's a lot of work and time that you're putting into it. Uh, do you get compensated for that or how do you charge?
with your Fox Financial Planning Network, um, that program, do you just package that tier one or are you packaging the other products as well or the other processes as well? Oh, that's great. So as we kind of wrap up uh, this podcast, what advice would you have to the young planner or the new planner? I guess that doesn't always mean that they're young um, as they enter the profession.
that's such a great, so much great advice there and such a great way to just approach your practice to really, at the end result of all of this is to provide a better service for your clients. Thank you for joining us on this episode of You're a Financial Planner, Now What? Remember to get your resume in for the FPA DFW Career Day. I'll talk with you again next week.